You are listening to Saturdays with the Story Dude, a bi-weekly podcast about the world of screenwriting, screenwriters, and, of course, anything to do with the television and film business. I'm your host, Jared Dean Winchester, and it goes to saying it's not the tool that matters, but it's the person, a.k.a. A bad handyman will always blame his tools. So, what am I referring to here? You know, the industry standard for screenwriting software, for video editing software, and whatever it is that professionals use to get something done like for example to write scripts to edit their movie or to you know create special effects I've heard that the the uh, age old saying or the not necessarily saying but the uh old you know claim that a certain piece of software or a certain tool is the quote unquote industry standard now what does that mean for, for you and me the average joes and the aspiring filmmakers and screenwriters out there who are just emerging all they want to do is make some good films or write some good films, get themselves known out there in the industry, and make a career out of it. But it just goes to show you that when a particular industry relies on a particular tool a too specific of a tool to get the job done and the professionals won't even budge they won't even consider looking at other options not only does that puzzle me but it annoys the hell out of me Because they forget that it's the creative practitioner that makes or breaks a production. It's the creative practitioner with the content. And I'm also going to preface this, or I'm also going to follow this up by saying content is king. That's another saying that I heard. Now, while... That's true for the majority part of it. I'm going to have to go all in and suggest to you that it's a combination. You see, when you are in a production or when you are an aspiring creative 
practitioner and you want to get something done, what do you do? You talk to people with te- the technical expertise in getting it done. So if you want to write a story in script format, you talk to the people with technical expertise. You don't talk to a piece of software. Yes, you use a tool like a computer to do your research. But honestly, it's come to a point where that don't matter anymore because here we are, especially in the filmmaking world and in the screenwriting world where the concepts remain but the tools used to write scripts. There are a few options out there for writers. Now, I'm I'm not here to tell you what's the best tool to write your script or what's your best tool to edit your movie or what's the best tool to, you know, capture your movie, a.k.a. cameras. That's entirely up to you. What you prefer as a creative practitioner, and what your vision is, you go with that. But, equally worse, is relying on the critics. You cannot be a top dog in an industry and then give away all your power to the people that critique your movie or that critique a piece of work. That means you've lost confidence in yourself and in your work. You've lost confidence in yourself because you're relying on someone else to decide whether your content is good or bad. But if you believe in your content, trust me, what S.S. Rajamali, the filmmaker for RRR and Bahubali, has to say, what he said about filmmaking should resonate in you. But anyway, we're back to the topic of tools, using tools to create content. You know, the best tool for the job is the one that you trust. Let me say it again. The best tool for the job is the one you trust. It's the one that you are comfortable with. Don't rely on someone else's advice. Don't rely on someone else's opinion because that ain't yours that's theirs that's their opinion and the fact that I'm telling you all this on April Fool's of all the days don't think this is an April Fool's thing because it ain't this is serious so I'm gonna have to stress again that 
the best tool for the job is the one you trust and the one you're comfortable with. So, for example, for my screenwriting, I use two separate programs. Sometimes I use Movie Magic Screenwriter, and other times I use Final Draft. Now, Final Draft I have been accustomed to using, so I will still keep using that. I'm comfortable with that. And I'm also getting to know Movie Magic Screenwriter. Now, why I've chosen to purchase this and why I'm choosing to use this alongside Final Draft is very simple. For projects that don't require the complexity or the feature set offered by Final Draft, I will use Movie Magic Screenwriter. But for projects that do require the feature set, the complex feature set offered by Final Draft, I will end up using that. Now, I am yet to work on a project that does this, that requires the complex feature set offered by Final Draft, but for the majority, I will be using Movie Magic Screenwriter for my screenwriting needs. But also, this actually permeates into other areas. Like my choice of camera is a Sony camera. And my choice of video editing software is Final Cut Pro. Now, you can tell me it's not as complex or it's just iMovie on steroids kind of argument. That don't jive with me. Believe me. So, I say it again. The best tool for the job is the one that you trust and the one that you're comfortable with. So after the break, I'm going to go over some more misconceptions of the film and TV business. So stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Spring Wales Productions, where your journey begins. Welcome back. Okay. Before the break, I was telling you about what the right tool for the job is. For making film, for writing screenplays, for editing a film, and maybe I didn't mention what program I use for special effects, but for for something simple, I like to go for motion, Apple's motion. Not that I'm a full-on Apple fanboy, as some of you may accuse me of. That ain't true. But as I said before, best tool for the job is the one that you trust and the one that you're comfortable with. Now, These programs that I mentioned is the one that I use, the one that I trust, and one that I'm comfortable with. 
So I'm going to do me. You guys do you. And this whole debate of which program is better than which and oh, this program can beat up you, this program kind of argument. Well, it's a mixed bag. And it's people's personal preferences. Or should I say professional preferences. Now, which leads me to the misconceptions, more misconceptions, because I have identified in a previous episode a few of the misconceptions. One of them includes you have to use a particular camera to make your film, otherwise you ain't a professional, or you have to use a such-and-such tool to do such-and-such job, otherwise you ain't a professional. And the gear can make or break your content. Utterly bullcrap. That's one of the earlier misconceptions that I have covered. The other misconception that I will cover is within relation to critics. I was working with a producer who actively believed that critics rule the industry. I mean, seriously? That's your policy? That's your belief? That means you just gave away your power. You're not a producer anymore. You just gave away your power so that these guys, the critics, are automatically becoming the producer. But let me tell you something. I believe I mentioned this, but I'm going to mention it again. Critics in the industry do not need any qualifications to be critics of the industry. To critique a film or a piece of work, they do not need any formal qualification. That's what the industry doesn't want you to know. That's what the industry keeps it a secret. But I'm telling you this. Critics do not rule the industry. All that political correctness and other stuff like being offended and all that stuff. Well, that's not just an exaggeration, but I would have to say that is blind uh, transfer of power. You're giving the critics too much power. Well, the producers are the ones forking out the money or financing a project. They should be the ones to decide whether a project is good enough. Now, I understand that as a producer, you need to make your money back on an investment when you're spending billions and trillions of how many ever billions of dollars that in a project 
I understand you want your money back on this plus 30%. Completely understand that. But what you have to acknowledge is that by letting the critics decide or letting some receptionist be the gatekeeper, you automatically gave away your power. And that is something a no-no. And that is something that's causing filmmakers to not believe in their movies or in their characters. And I believe, I also talked about believing in your characters in a previous episode. I highly encourage you find it and listen to it. So, that was the, one of the major misconceptions that I feel is not just annoying, but it downright stifles any originality in a aspiring filmmaker or a creative practitioner, to put it ambiguously. In any way, when something like this happens in every film industry, you end up with not only copies of other movies, but you also end up with variations of other movies, which means filmmakers, producers, and screenwriters, and of course other content creators or creative practitioners are taking the easy way out. But, I do hope this will change soon. I do hope it does change soon. And, with that being said, when filmmakers and aspiring creative practitioners stop listening to the critics, ingrained in themselves that these critics have no formal qualifications, therefore their opinion or criticism is invalid. But, as I've stressed before in previous episodes, some criticism is necessary, and that is constructive criticism, not destructive criticism. Because when you deal with destructive criticism, especially when it comes to f the film and TV business, the most destructive kind is when you use willy-nilly words like unrealistic or not believable or illogical for that matter, that's kind of destructive. And adding to that the lack of suggestions, how you would suggest it be improved. Now, constructive criticism in terms of film and TV is all about offering suggestions after you've pointed out the problems. Say things like, 
it would be better if such and such character did such and such not not bluntly putting down a creative practitioner by saying i've told i've told this uh, creative practitioner to do x but he didn't i mean who are we kidding here whose story is this critics is it yours or is it the creative practitioners know your boundaries when you say shit like that know your boundaries before you say i've told this person to do x but they didn't do it or they didn't implement my suggestion because you're not the one writing it so with that being said that's it for me thanks for listening and until i talk to you again don't forget to turn that page